0: We're down to four in the who is the greatest American distance runner of all time voting. On the men's side, Frank Shorter or Jim Ryan. And on the women's side, despite Rojo's best efforts, it's Dina Castor or Jenny Simpson. Welcome, What's Run Nation, to another LRC Track Talk podcast. We'll be talking about all of that, and then we've got some sad news. The famous runner's bar, Coogan's, has closed for good. The Berlin Marathon? Not taking place as usual this fall, already announced. Max Siegel got a 20% pay cut. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? And we've got the hottest distance runner in America right now, the only distance runner not afraid to turn pro during the coronavirus crisis, Alicia Monson. We've got an interview with her talking about why she turned pro now, what her prospects are. Pretty interesting. We've got deleted threads of the week. There's people calling for Rojo's resignation. And we've got a new segment where... A Let's Run.com visitor, one who gave up Let's Run.com for Lent, joins the podcast. I'm LRC co-founder Weldon Johnson, joined as always by ace staff writer Jonathan Galtz, and the controversial, the one and only Rojo. Yeah, Weldon, you said
1: people are calling for Rojo's re- resignation as if that's news. Like, Isn't that a weekly occurrence on Let's Run, or am I mistaken?
0: It's pretty common. We've also got a hot deleted thread of the week. This is going to be a good one. Very relevant podcast. We didn't even
1: mention Gronk joining the Buccaneers. I mean, that's the biggest running news of the week, right?
0: John,
2: uh, Weldon, you should have started. We've got to be worried about your employees. There's lawsuits all out there. Trial lawyers have nothing better to do. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm very worried about you. This should have been one of the biggest weeks of your life. You should have just finished on Monday covering the Boston Marathon. You should be in London right now enjoying. Check this out. 70 degrees sunny weather in London in April. Instead, you're sitting quarantined up in your apartment in Boston. There was no Boston Marathon. It's 30 something degrees there in Boston. John, how is your mental health as your employer? I'm worried about you.
1: Robert, thanks for checking in. You know, just, just showing that you care really means a lot because, yeah, it's 37 degrees Fahrenheit. 19 miles per hour wind, so that means the wind chill is 28 out there right now. London, it's 70 and sunny. It doesn't make any sense. The world's upside down. In another world, I would have been going to watch Brighton beat Manchester City on Saturday, and then I would have been going to see Kipchoge race Bekele on Sunday. Instead, I'm sat here, sit here in my room talking to you guys, so... uh you know could, could be better and then Gronk you know the one Patriots player whose jersey I own he's now playing for the Buccaneers I'm actually kind of happy to see him back in the NFL there were a lot of people around here mad they're like oh he's a traitor or oh he you know held the Patriots hostage or why isn't he coming back to play for us we could and granted you know we do have the worst tight end group in the league but I'm just happy that Gronk's back in the NFL and him and Brady they're gonna have fun down in Tampa Bay and then the you know, they'll go like nine and seven. The Patriots will go 10 and six because we have the greatest coach of all time and we'll be all right.
0: I'm glad John's seen the positive in things. I mean, it could be much worse. We think the shutdown is terrible. But if, I mean, if soccer was going on, Brighton Hove Albion could be b- being relegated right now. And, you know, I mean, so there's always some optimism in the world right there. Also, I, we didn't plug this. Who would win in a five k? Donald Trump, Kim Jong Un, or Angela Merkel? We'll be breaking that down live. I'm not sure if this is appropriate, though. With yeah,
1: I don't want to. It's kind met- of morbid. I, I don't think Kim Jong Un would win that race, but uh, Trump versus Merkel. I would love to see it. I can't. I mean, I think I think Merkel, but I don't, we've had. Didn't we have this debate before? Hillary versus Trump. Who would win in a five k? We're kind of undecided.
0: We did. But John, you you, you can't lead with the the big story.
2: What you can lead with, though, is the sponsor's plug. Weldon forgot to do it. So guys and gals, it's a crazy time out there. You're probably worried about your health. Our friends at TheFeed.com have you covered whether you need an Immunity Beast Boosting Pack, Martin Sports Drink, PR Lotion, an AeroFit Respiratory Muscle Training Device. They've got all that, but check out their new BLG Active product. It's a brand new product. It's an antimicrobial sanitizer spray for your face. Yes, that's right. You go out for a run, you go to the grocery store, you don't know what's on your face, even if you're wearing a mask. You can spray this on your face, you can spray it on your mask. Apparently, some people, even some medical professionals, are spraying it on their mask. Check it out at thefeedcom let's run, and you will be saving 15% on your entire order. And also, some of these jokes about the financial hits of this crisis have come too close to home. Let's Run is struggling, so go to let'srun.com slash shoes and buy your new shoes.
0: Thank you very much. You guys hear that noise? I do. You guys see this? I see you have a box with uh, the letters E on it feed that's the feed.com tape I've already I'm opening it up I've already cut across the feed part and here it is folks I got my immunity boosting pack and I know Robert wants this Robert would want this big time the active microbial hydrogel hand and face spray Wait wait
1: my- microbial surely this word is pronounced microbial guys It's true microbial Oh my
0: gosh I got Martin's sports drink in here Merry Christmas to me The immunity pack I got to open this one. Look at this cool, cool shiny thing. Let me let me spray some of the spray. See if you guys can pick up the sound. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, then this looks like the, the start to a video that I
1: it's a good thing that our listeners don't have the video because it looks like the start to a video I would not want to watch. But I I got to ask here. Weldon has this nice package with all of these you know, gifts from the feed. Robert, did you not get one of these? What's what's the deal here?
2: I have not and I'm upset. That spray looks amazing. My mom's going to love that. She loves to fly on the planes and take the little water sprays for her face. So she'd probably like one that would wash her face too.
0: John, in these sensitive times, you got to prioritize, right? I mean, medical people get their stuff first. And my wife, she's the babies do, I think, 10, 11 days from now, 12 days from now. So I need to be protected when I go to the hospital. So thank you, thefeed.com. Oh, look at this. A little vitamin C spray. I mean, Wow. John, I win. also
2: remember, John, the elderly are most at risk during this crisis. Weldon is older than me.
1: Yeah, he's what? All of what? Is it eight minutes? How? What's the difference there? Five minutes. Five minutes.
2: I think I was born at 539 or 537. He was born at 532 or 534. I can't quite Wait, know.
1: so what's the difference between your marathon PRs and birth times? Do they correlate?
0: Oh, my gosh. It's almost exactly five minutes. Robert, what's your PR? 223. Oh, 11 or something like that oh my god i'm 218 something i don't even know my marathon pr because it's when i pace paula and i I should all
1: right this robert you're off the hook now we all know why weldon had the five minute advantage when he was born that's that's where it comes from
2: yeah i don't know why weldon got this by the way hoka if you're listening i'm having some trouble with my shoes can you send me guys send me a free pair of shoes
1: (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean you're having trouble with your shoes? You realize that after like 300 or 400 miles, like running shoes wear out, that's what
2: happens. No, I'm used to my shoes now lasting like two or three years because I run so little. Like, John, by the way, we didn't talk about this last week's podcast, but you're screwed. The light bulb has gone off. I have read Nicholas Thompson's 7,000 word piece on the wired magazine site about running a two, sub 230 marathon at age 44 i think i can go it made me feel bad that my sub three goal was just my goal i should probably go for sub 230
1: wait wait rub it what's your training been like since that run how have you been so inspired
2: i've done my longest runs on back to back weeks in years i did a six miler last week a seven miler this week and i was rolling every half mile is faster than the previous this is my training i go every half mile is faster than the previous half mile so i start off at like 11 minute pace and i finish sub seven baby wait why
1: do you stop running you should just keep going until you finish sub four then you'll eventually you'll break the world record
2: well that's true also a podcast listener has offered to coach me he's got a professional coaching site maybe i should give him a plug thank you i have not responded to the email i want to
0: no we got our own coaching stuff coming out coach yourself Coach yourself, people. JK, coming out of retirement. Yeah, Rob,
1: Rub, I think I'd lose respect for you if you didn't coach yourself to this marathon, PR.
2: That's the exciting news, folks. I will be heading to Ithaca soon to bring John Kellogg out of retirement. But I don't believe in coaching yourself. So John can coach me or I can hire this get this guy to coach me. You need to have a professional coach. And hey, we'd love to coach you coming soon.
1: All right, let's talk about a little real running news before we get into our... Greatest American distance runner bracket and all the controversy within. Uh, Berlin Marathon, news came out. The Berlin government has banned any gatherings of 5,000 or more people through October 24th. The Berlin Marathon was scheduled for September 27th. So the organizers have come out and said they are not going to be able to hold it as usual. Now, it doesn't mean that it's totally off. They could postpone it till November or something. They could limit the field. It could be elite only. I kind of get the sense, though, that it's going to be cancelled. And I'm going to throw this out to you guys. The Boston Marathon is two months, two weeks before Berlin. Obviously, it's not in Berlin, so there's some same restrictions aren't in place. But I want to know from you guys, how many World Marathon majors do you think we'll see this fall? Because the way the wind is blowing, it looks like we, we it's possible we might not have any of them.
0: Okay. I don't like doing predictions when I think they could be very negative. <laughs> so... So that's a zero from Weldon without saying... No, 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 no. But I just think this is like... Okay, first of all, the Germans have probably done better. People are like, oh, why has America done shit for, with the coronavirus? Like, America's done better than most of Europe. But the Germans, they have seemed to have done very well with corona. So maybe I shouldn't be mocking what they're doing. But, like, two months ago in Germany, they weren't shutting down. They were operating as normal. So now all of a sudden we know, like, six months how this thing is going to be playing out. Maybe it's better to be cautious, but, like... I've seen stuff. You guys mocked me. Anthony Fauci said we could have fans at baseball games this year. How so? Spacing them out, man. I said that on the podcast, I think, three weeks ago, and you guys mocked me. So who knows what the world's going to be like six months from now. Can we just take this one month at a time? Breaking news, everyone. We have a special guest, a new segment. Let'sRun.com visitor, Katie Harris is here. She just popped on the podcast. She emailed me and Rojo this week. She's a we honestly know very little about Katie, so this is going to be great. She's a junior at WNL. I think she runs. She's like a lifelong Let's Runner. She wanted to interview us for her econ class about how you know she's supposed to talk to people about the financial crisis and how we're doing. And she's like, "Look, you guys are econ majors yourself. Let's talk." We said, "Good idea." And I was like, "Hey." Do you want to be on the podcast? Because when she emailed us, she said, I love Let's Run so much that I gave it up for Lint one year. Welcome, Katie.
3: Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yes. We're kind of putting you on the spot. So thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, Well, first, do we just start with the Lint thing, guys? I mean... We have to. I don't understand it. It, it, Don't you give up things for Lint
2: uh, that are bad for you?
3: Well... Looks is not bad for me obviously but I'm a little bit addicted sometimes so I was like okay I need to to detox from this and be a little more spend a little less time on the internet and that's my main my main uh my vice <laughs> you could say
0: Now were you yeah, supposed
3: I'm, to I'm not the, you? I'm not
0: the, I'm sorry. I'm not the theologian Robert but I've heard also the theory that you're supposed to give up things that you like. If you give up something that's bad for you that's actually good for you. So, it's like kind of like a catch 22, right? There's parts of Let's Run that she loves and parts of Let's Run that are vices, you know? So, Katie, yeah, how, how did, when did you get the Let's Run.com addiction? How long have you okay. known about the site? Tell us about your history with Let's Run.
3: Yeah, I think it's probably uh, maybe 2014. That was like I was a freshman in high school and just starting to kind of get into the whole running thing. I remember watching the like NXN race that year online. And that's when I started to, yeah, kind of catch the running bug. And actually, I think it's kind of funny that I first, you know, I started with Flowchack, very high school of me. And then Flowchack was the first one that I gave up for Lent one year. And then that's when I discovered Let's Run more because I was like, oh, I can't go on Flowchack for Lent. So I'll hop on Let's Run instead. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is a little, little, little better. <laughs> now i'm now i'm addicted but
1: your words not ours people you heard it out of her mouth
3: i mean everything's now everything's behind the ads on there so, but both good websites both good websites but you know
0: uh, obviously we're partial to our own but thank you um wow it's crazy so like a high school freshman we got you know we gotta think about our audience we're influencing these young minds out there yes <laughs> so was the lint thing recently or was it when you're in high school
3: Um, No, that was a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, maybe, like, I think it might have been, like, freshman year of college because, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, let's do that. So so
1: was it, like, 2018 or something? Did you miss any big running news while you were not visiting the site?
3: I don't think – I think I was like, okay, this is okay because I there wasn't any, like – you know, it's like not doing the main bulk of track season. So I was like, okay, I can, I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you have a favorite season for running? Like you are more of a track fan marathons cross country
3: for myself cross country. Um, it's not, you know, cross country for the professional isn't quite as like exciting to follow. Um, pretty big. I like following the road races. I think I'm like, not, you know, I like the marathon runners a lot. Cause I'm like, Oh, I don't have a lot of speed. I like these, you know, long distance <laughs> people. I mean, I watched the like entire marathon like trials. So that's like, yeah, my thing.
2: <laughs> I don't think you guys gave her a proper introduction. While you guys have been talking, I've been researching her stats. We are talking to the number one performer for the Washington League cross country team at the NCAA Division Three meet. Is that correct? <laughs> you were the number one runner? Yeah. yeah we. <laughs> Yeah. Now, team didn't do. I don't know what y'all were expecting. She was yeah. number one. She was 155th, but team was 29th. You guys did not finish last. Somebody has to finish last. I think we level. So,
3: we did Congratulations. not finish last. Yeah, we were shooting for top 20. It was our first time ever qualifying. So I think we were a little. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. We we're like, okay, let's get out hard. We're like, oh wait, everyone gets out hard, and everyone is fast here. But it was super cool experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats. First time in school history. That's uh that's really impressive. Okay. All right, let me ask
2: let me ask you a loaded question here. You said you like the marathoners. We're down to our final voting in the let's run yeah. GOAT contest to figure out who's the maritime. I'm very upset by what happened in the semifinals mm-hmm. of the women's competition. Jenny Simpson or Joan Benoit Sam
3: I voted for Joan, so that's all I can say. I mean, yeah, I'm partial to the long distance. Um, even though I'm yeah, obviously wasn't like Jenny's the one I watch on TV now, but Joni's kind of iconic, so
1: Were you swayed by Robert's uh article that he wrote singing Joan Benoit Samuelson's praises?
3: <laughs> yeah. I voted before, so I was not swayed by that. But I was I, I can see how that could be a little controversial putting that out before the voting closed, but But, I don't know, Jenny still won, so,
0: you know. Well, she is a true let's runner. She knows this. She doesn't know what we were just talking about on the podcast. Like, she wasn't on here. Perfect. (laughs) That's what we were talking about. Allegations of tampering. Robert with his thumb on the scale. We've been been getting emails from Mark Wetmore and stuff, or people through Mark Wetmore. I mean, Colorado's behind this. There's tampering going on on all sides.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's
0: it's like all all elections these days. (laughs) I know. Who's your favorite runner?
3: Oh my gosh. Um I was actually thinking about this. Um I was watching I might for like people who are still running, I might have to say Des. Like it's kind of like she's really cool. I was watching her like watch the replays of the Boston Marathon live on Monday and she's just very like down to earth and kind of does her own thing. But uh, there's so many. I could like list a
0: bunch, but <laughs> And all, all right, we've we've got our uh, attention. What do you, what do you like best about Let's Run, or what do you want us to improve? I guess you can you can answer both so, those or one of those.
3: Um, I mean, you guys get like content that I mean, you guys like kind of like have it all in one place, which is awesome. I can just kind of come on here and get, you know, the track the marathon, all that stuff, and then even like the doping stuff. I honestly, I get some like good like breaking news about like non running related things from the message boards too. So um that's awesome. I know they're a little controversial, but I love the boards, even the like ones that get a little like rowdy. But um yeah, so things to improve like I don't know. I I kinda like how it is. My mom said something about I think they kinda need to like update the look of their site. And I was like, no mom, you don't get it. That's like that's the thing. Like it looks it's very old school. So I, I think Keep it.
2: (laughs) While your mom knows you go to Let's Run too, this could be dangerous. Hey,
1: her mom goes to Let's Run. She has an opinion on the layout.
3: Oh, yeah. What did she tell me? Oh, she was, I, she's the one who was like, you should email these guys. They're who you'd actually want to interview. Someone who, like, cares about what you care about and, like, knows econ a little bit. And I was like, I'm not going to email Let's Run for my project. And I was like, no, I will. I'm not doing anything else right now. So... (laughs)
2: Yeah. Hey, if, if you don't ask, it doesn't happen. And yeah. Walton once got Paula Radcliffe to write him a letter of recommendation for business school. I couldn't believe he asked her, but he's like, "Hey, I did pay her to a world record." So,
3: yeah, I you mean, know, that's a, that's a unique one. Now, I have a
2: two-year-old, so I'm I'm trying to get into the parenting thing. I know parents, sort of, when the kids become teens, they like to monitor their their children's internet usage. Is your mom still monitoring your internet usage, like in college, like when she knows you go to Let's Run? Does a, does an alarm go off downstairs and she's
3: no if she monitors anyone more it would have to be my brother but he's i don't think she does yeah so i'll 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 tell her if i find anything good on the boards like if i see a a good i'm like you gotta gotta check this one out mom she she's not a runner herself so i've kind of corrupted her by now she like knows who like the professionals are and stuff so i pride myself
1: on that's great yeah we we always i mean that's always my thing is like we need to have running fans spread the word to non-running fans and like try to get them hooked on it. That's the only way we're going to grow the sport because right now the fan base is just like people who ran in high school or
0: college and family of pe- professional runners. That's it. Yeah. And this is great also because Katie admits to going on the boards. We'll talk to so many people and then they'll go out of their way. Not that I ever go on the forums. And I'm like, why would you bring that up unless you go on the
3: phone? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I have to say I have not posted yet and I've always been like, wow, I, I, I should, like, I come on you, but I'm like, I don't know, like, am I going to, like, start at that? Am I going to just come? And then, like, I just, I just weed them. So,
0: wow, even never anonymously, even?
3: No, I know. That's how you just
0: that's like, how you should start. All
2: right. What
3: what percent of your teammates are
2: A, aware of Let's Run and B, have ever been on it? Because I was, I mean, I was at Cornell one time mm. when I was coaching there. I couldn't believe it. These kids didn't even know who Holly Gabriel was. Okay. I'd say ha- half of the freshmen didn't even know.
3: Yeah. I mean, maybe half, like, I really only have, a couple of friends that I've talked to about, like, I mean, one of my roommates, so we, we, we talk Let's Run, um, which is good. I actually told her, I was like, you'll never guess who I'm interviewing for my project. Um, yeah. But I'd say, yeah, not a ton of them. They're more like into like following the runners on like Instagram and stuff. Um, I think probably more of the guys team is aware of Let's Run, um, but just kind of from hearing them talk they like to follow them into the shoes talk about the vapor flies all the time
0: <laughs> well we have a new favorite division three team
3: yay uh, it's the official That's team
0: of let's run.com at the d3 level wait uh, Ooh, can i ask have you ever heard of the term baby nationals
3: oh yeah it's I'm not, not not offended Are it's people offended
0: it was like a it was like a joke and some people really took it kind of personal
3: i mean like no i mean th- it, i feel like there's definitely obviously people at division three level who could run at the D1 level but then it's a lot of people like me who I mean like maybe I could have walked on to like a small team but that wasn't I don't know like it's it's a step down but it's still a step up from high school I I don't think it's it's true it's yeah exactly
0: that's how I view it it's a term of endearment
3: yes I keep joking but not joking that you know I mean we better have a cross-country season in the fall but you know it's for myself it's first of all it's division three not a lot of fans distance running not a lot of fans women's like we're not gonna we're not gonna like violate a lot of social distancing rules by having like a small d3 women's conference meet in the fall so let us run please
0: <laughs> that's the way to sell it that's a t- smart thinking very smart yeah, have you get, have you heard anything? Like, I mean, uh, wow, I hadn't even thought about no cross country. But we were just talking about how the Berlin Marathon in the fall is not going to happen yeah. as scheduled. Have you heard anything from the coaches or the athletic department, or is it just sort of all up in the air right now?
3: No, I mean, we finally got like most schools got like email like oh, you know, contingency plans for the fall. So I mean, if we're not on campus, obviously we won't be doing that. But other than that, coaches just like you know we just go ahead as if it's going to happen like normally. So I. I don't really know It's the thing. I'm like, I'm pretending that it's going to happen at least.
2: So so I'm curious about your training. Like, did you keep going with track workouts or did you just take a break? Are you starting to get ready for cross country? So what is your training like and what are the contingency? If if schools don't open in the fall, are they going to do online learning? Are you just going to semester off?
3: Yeah. Well, as far as training goes, we decided like right when, you know, the season got canceled back um, in like mid-March, we had a meeting and he said, you know, we're going to keep training obviously it might be like a little different not gonna be doing like crazy track workers all the time but he thought it'd be better to keep going through mid-may um and then take the break because if we like took a break now it'd just be like a super long like start up for cross country and like worried we'd get like kind of burned out um yeah so we're still training for a couple more weeks before taking the two-week break um but yeah for classes i guess the thing is i got like w and like you know small kind of like liberal arts, people don't really, it's not really common to like, graduate in more than four years. So like, I've had friends at big schools say, oh, if we're online, like, I'll just um, take a semester off, you know, graduate in four and a half years. But yeah, but this is unprecedented, as they say. So yeah, I don't really want to do a semester online, because that's not like, really why I think what I like about school. So yeah, I haven't really thought too much about it, just kind of getting through this semester.
0: Hopefully you can go back
3: I and know I- <laughs> this
0: disease is terrible but the one thing I know is like for people especially your age you guys are the ones like you're not immune to it but if anyone's yeah. gonna get this you do not want anyone to but uh, it seems like you guys are the the least of a threat so if colleges could sort of yeah really monitor and obviously mm-hmm. maybe there's worries that like you know are a bunch of 20 year olds gonna social distance on their own but I think people can yeah. be responsible so hopefully we get mm-hmm. there. But guys, well, this we been... can't make the whole podcast about Katie. She's been great. I know. You guys got to no, no.
2: Yeah, I do. Katie, are you up for us broadcasting some virtual races of you live? I'm looking at your PRs here. Well, then we can do pay per view. Watch Katie run at her local track. We put up an iPhone. She's run a 504-1500, so she's right there in the five minute barrier for the fifteen. She doesn't like the shorter distances. Eighteen eleven for five thousand. You got to get under eighteen. So that was
3: the goal for this outdoors. So yeah, oh. Um. <laughs>
2: We we'll only charge like what twenty nine. Full track charges what twenty nine ninety nine a month. Like we'll we'll split that with you 50-50.
3: Oh, perfect. <laughs> okay.
2: So, anyways, thanks
0: for joining us so much. Are yeah. Are you doing time trials? Do you have a track to work out on, or are you just sort of um, doing training? No,
3: just kind of yeah, just training. But like mostly right now. Um, you know, snuck snuck onto the high school track one day. And, no, not, not allowed. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. Well, thank you very much. I will talk to you for your econ class later. This was a nice segment. I enjoyed it. Thank
3: you so much. This was great.
0: And we await your first post and let's run. We won't tell anyone what it is.
3: Okay. Yeah. I'll probably be anonymous. So, all right. All right. Talk Bye. To you later. Thanks.
0: <laughs> that was fun. Thank you,
2: Katie. Before Katie joined the thing, we were talking Berlin. Weldon was talking like how he predicted that sports would be coming back and he only has this idea. I've had this idea too. First of all, baseball, at least here in Baltimore with our team, there aren't that many fans there. I think you go what you do for professional sports is you go every other seat, or college football too, every other seat, and then with baseball, if you have you know day after day games, you you put like a sticker on it. Like if the stadium's not full, you put a sticker where someone sits, so you know to clean that seat down, wipe it down with some alcohol or something like that. So I, I would do every other seat and then mark it so you clean the seats or, or give people their own wipes. I don't know where you get the wipes though. Is the problem? I mean, I still
1: okay. But here here is a problem. This was a, there was a great article in the Boston Globe last week about this by Alex Spire. Entering and exiting a stadium. How do you do that while maintaining social distancing? Because at the game, at the, once the game's over, even if the stadium's only half full, let's say it's a 70,000-seat NFL stadium, there's 30,000 people there, everyone is going to be leaving at the exact same time. How do you do that? And how do you get people out of the ballpark? How do you get them home? How do you do all this while maintaining social distancing?
0: First of all, do, do, let's get let's get some more studies done. If sixty thousand people walked out and just walked, you're not touching anything. The disease doesn't just jump on you. I think more and more of the stuff will come out showing close proximity with people airborne, for extended right? amounts of time. People were going to have masks on, John. There's I think it's a- stuff's coming out. This has been in the U.S. a lot longer than we think. Were there big outbreaks from sporting events? Uh, maybe some soccer stuff. But a lot of sporting events were going on, and that does not seem to be where this where this was spreading. So I'm optimistic. We wear masks. We space out. People will have, you know, even if you have a couple feet, like you're just, if you, if, if 10,000 people are walking down the street, is that how you get the disease? I don't think that's the Yeah, only I bet some reason.
1: people, would. if you get 10,000 people walking down the street of a major American city, I bet that would spread some coronavirus.
2: There's a theory, there's a, well, there's a theory that a huge part of these Italian people got it at this one soccer game, some European game. So I do think people get it. I do, but I'm not with Weldon. I'm not that worried about people being, particularly in an outside arena with wind, walking out with mask on two or three feet apart, Uh, the main reason you get this disease, in my opinion, my uninformed, unscientific opinion, is by touching stuff. I don't think like a few seconds of breath when you have a mask on is going to get it to you. It's supposed to be about extended thing. Now, I do think that one of the reasons why New York has it is because you're breathing, you're, you're near people and you're breathing in the subway and stuff like that. And eventually you get enough of it and you do get it. So I don't know. But back to my tank. You're asking about Berlin and stuff. I think the last thing to come back is probably going to be a major event. I mean, you're breathing really heavy. Whatever germ you have out, and the people around you are all getting it. It's like that choir practice in Washington, where 75 percent of the people got it. I think I, I am worried about fans screaming and cheering. So I don't know, Weldon. I think we need more studies, but I don't think anyone knows. This could be this. This whole thing is so going to be so devastating to the economy.
1: I just want to. I just want to hop in. Robert has an opinion about how the disease spreads just just to let you know your opinion doesn't matter like it's totally irrelevant because well, what it, does, it doesn't affect how it spreads it's not you're not it doesn't make you right or you can't like whether you're right or wrong has nothing to do with whether you believe in this
2: you know. Well, so what? These London modelers and these Washington modelers had an opinion, and their opinions were completely off. The World Health Organization's opinion was completely off. Dr. Fauci, who told me not to buy a mask at the end of January, was completely off. I knew when they said not to buy a mask. I knew that. I think Weldon can verify this. Of course, you should buy a mask. A mask can't hurt. I mean, John, my opinion, I am educated. Like, I am educated. I'm an idiot. So,
1: but your, your point is, everyone else had an opinion and it was wrong. So, I'm going to give you an opinion.
0: Yeah. No, but like we're projecting out six months. We don't even know. Okay. The WHO guidelines, John, are three feet. European guidelines are 1.5 meters. That's five feet. US guidelines are six feet. This stuff okay. is sort of made up and just, All right, it's first, just like a guess, lo- right? Lo-
1: lo- 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 I, I'll admit, there's a lot that people don't know, but I just think n- neither of you satisfactorily answered my question. Concern about leaving a stadium, you know, when you have thirty thousand people trying to leave a stadium all at the same time. I just don't see how that doesn't spread the virus. I think we should move on. People don't want to hear us blabber about coronavirus.
2: I would be much more worried about sitting in the stadium, with somebody's cheering next to me and getting it, even a uh, seat apart, than I would be walking out of the stadium in an orderly fashion. But back to your marathon questions. If I was a pro, I would sign up for the latest one. Positive, I'd sign up for New York. I mean, we know Tokyo. Tokyo will eventually have a marathon in February because they're ballers. They'll have an elite-only race. But I'm not confident in any of these marathons.
0: Oh, the summer ones are better, dude. It's there's clear there's some weather component to this thing. Or maybe not clear, but look at California, right? Much better weather. Florida didn't practice social distancing. They're not doing well, the, it too poorly with this thing.
2: People in, in in California driving cars everywhere. They're not stuck in a dirty subway next to 8,000 people.
1: All right. Talking about things that have been canceled, This this is... This hits close to home here for the let's run.com brain trust Coogan's the staple the venerable bar right around the corner from the armory. It's where everyone goes after to the Milrose games. It's where the pros go off to the fifth Avenue mile. I wrote this article about how great this place was. This is where Alan Webb celebrated his sub, first sub four by an American high schooler since the sixties or, and it's where drew Hunter celebrated his sub four when he was in high school. And it is closed. Uh, they just can't afford to keep the business going. They're still paying, I think, twenty thousand dollars in insurance and other sort of expenses, even while they're closed right now during the coronavirus. They're not going to be able to reopen. Uh, I just feel very sadly about this. I always have good memories of Coogan's, Weldon, Robert. Whenever we cover Milrose, we'd go after there for a beer or, you know, some chicken pot pie after the meet. You know, you'd always see the runners, the agents, the the legends of milrose that's where they congregate it's just sad that you know that's we're not going to be able to go there and i feel bad for the the employees and and the owners
0: yeah it's sad i mean it just shows restaurants and bars are just going to be devastated by this i'll be the first one back in either one when they open up keep my distance and stuff but like obviously even when they first open up there's going to be spacing limitations and that sort of stuff And, you know, I mean, Coogan's was in trouble last year, and then they negotiated a deal with a hospital which actually owns it for lower rent, and I guess this just sort of made him realize, like, hey, this isn't going to work, so it'll definitely be missed.
2: Yes. Not only did Webb celebrate his sub-4 mile, there, he also retired there, and we threw him up into the the crowd over our heads after his retirement, but um, I, I have... I don't know. I mean, Weldon said he'd be the first one back. I mean, the question I have is, will Weldon be owning Coogan's and perhaps reestablishing it? I was on Facebook last night, and I was stunned. It's There's a, a, a post here on Facebook from a prominent NCA coach, folks. Joe Pienta, the Iona coach, who's right down the road from Coogan. He has posted on Facebook, Weldon Johnson, there's the Coogan's announcement that they're closing for good. And he says, Weldon Johnson, I think you should reopen Coogan's after things get back to normal. You can call it let'sdrink.com. Weldon, I know the baby's on the way, but do you think starting a, a, a bar slash restaurant could be in your future? You're going to be up at night anyway, so you might as well be running a bar on the side.
0: Well, I didn't know about this. Let me just, I'm trying to think this through. I moved to the suburbs. So before when I was about six subway stops away, it was much easier. But that subway station was closed. Um, I mean, right now it'd be very easy with the, no traffic. I can zip into the city. But once we come back, you know, also I need the rents to drop a lot. So, like, once all the landlords realize they're effed and restaurants aren't rent the amount, if I can get in at the lower rent, you know, maybe we'll make this happen.
1: What Now, what do we, what we call the bar? Would you keep it called Coogan's? Would you call it Let'sDrink.com? Would you give it some sort of Let's Run meme, like Dear Adam Goucher or something like that? What's the best name for a Let's Run bar?
0: Will you bring on Mark Coogan as Co-Partner, the Balance Boston coach? I don't know, the, these things, you know, the discussions are going on. I really, I wish I had a witty answer right now. letsdrink.com I mean, this doesn't really have the appeal. But if we, hey, they're Family relaxing place. the rules. We we You know, if we could do some mail order and some deliveries, can we? are we now going to finally be able to get beer delivered to us in the mail? I mean, like. Well, you,
1: ha- you haven't heard of Drizzly?
0: No, I thought it was illegal to ship beer in the mail. Only one.
1: Uh, it's not drizzly is an out it's like uber for beers based or uber eats for beers and it's just a delivery service where people will bring you alcohol
0: maybe only certain states i don't know john
1: that's a free ad for drizzly right there by the way but it does exist
2: we shouldn't be from talking about uber i hope uber goes out of business the way that company was found, legal wrong and the damage they've done to this economy
1: all right robert being controversial as usual i think now's as good a time as any to bring it up Our Race of the... uh, Not Race of the Decade. I keep saying Race of the Decade. It's our greatest American distance runner of all time bracket. And Robert said at the start that we're down to four people. Oh, sorry. Weldon said in the intro we're down to four people left. By the time you listen to this, we're actually going to be down to two people left. But it's been sort of a controversy because... Robert wanted Joan Benoit Samuelson to win. She got knocked out. Now it's Jenny Simpson against Dina Castor in the women's finals. And Robert and Weldon are sort of... Weldon's like, how can we extend the voting? Like, is there a way that we can make it so that, you know, one of these people wins? There's a lot of controversy around this. Robert, can you defend yourself? There are allegations of controversy. What is your response to the people?
2: What do you mean? John just blasphemed Weldon. You just slander Weldon. Acting like Weldon wants to change the outcome of this vote. During the last round of voting... It was late one night on, I think, Saturday night. I just checked in on the voting to see what was going on. I just assumed all along that Joan Benoit Samuelson, who won the first women's marathon on home soil in 1984 at the Olympics, would be in the women's final. I checked, I clicked on the results and saw that she was losing to Jenny Simpson. I just was shocked by it. And again, I guess apparently you shouldn't express your opinion. I went to the message board and said, has Let's Run lost its mind? I couldn't believe this. I hadn't really done a lot of thought about it. I said, I remember Joni, I mean, I was 11 years old. It was kind of, it was a really big deal. She's an American icon. Jenny Simpson, she's maybe a Let's Run icon. People think she's great. She's had a great career, but she's not, she's never transcended to like world status, you know, famous person. I just couldn't believe it. And she ended up narrowly beating Joni. Joni ended up getting tons of votes after I wrote, uh, I did some research the next day and said why I thought Joni was better than Jenny. And now we're into the next round, the final round. It's now Joni versus, excuse me, it's now Jenny Simpson versus Dina Castor in the women's final, which is pretty interesting because I think if you said Joni versus Dina Castor, would most people say Joni? But it's really close here between and, and, and Mark Wetmore, the Colorado coach, has gotten involved. He's wanted us to update Jenny's bio to impressively highlight her 10 straight world teams that she's made and Colorado is sending out tweets trying to promote her and she was behind before these tweets came out before whatmore came out for her now she slightly had 51 to
1: 49%. I mean, here's the thing. People here here's what people have said about Jenny Simpson throughout her career. Not always the absolute biggest talent, but a master strategist, master tactician. This is just more evidence, you know. You might not have the most talent, but you, you work it so that it comes out in your favor. So I think this is a brilliant tactical move by the Simpson camp.
0: Wow. Was it a tactical move by you guys to make the show the vote results? I thought we kept that stuff private. To what? You're like encouraging people to influence them by letting them see that it's close. If we kept the votes private, didn't release them to the end.
1: I don't mind letting people see. I, I think that makes it interesting. If people see it's close, they're gonna there's gonna be more people voting.
2: Oh wait, Walden's well, got a good point. Restart the whole thing with all sixty-six competitors because I forgot. Like when you vote in the presidential election, they don't release. I, it drives me nuts in U.S. voting when they release like the exit polls or whatever. You know, before the voting's done. To me, there should be no polls at all a month before elections. Period. You just go and vote. I don't want people voting who they think when I want people voting for who they think is the best candidate. No polls a month before. No exit polls. Count them up. Release them. But it, it, to, to me, it, it's interesting. I mean, Simpson has had an amazingly steady career. But as uh, one of the things I pointed out was she's only been the U.S.-ranked number one 1,500-meter runner three times, according to trackings. So how often is she even the best runner in America? Now, she did it twice in the steeplechase as well. So five is a lot, but it's not like she's been totally dominant. Shannon Roberry was better than her for a while. Shelby Houlihan is better no, than her for no, a while.
1: No, 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 no. Come on, Robert. We All right, first of all, we both know one of those rankings is an absolute fraud. 2016, Track and Field News ranked Shannon Robery ahead of Jenny Simpson. Even though Jenny beat her at the Olympic trials and the Olympics, where Jenny medaled. I mean, there's. we both agree that's just an absurd decision, right? Okay,
2: well, that's why we have John for the fact. John did point out, folks, Katie bashed tr- full track a little bit earlier in the podcast. Good. John's going to bash Track and Field News here. In 2016, this is what happened. Jenny Simpson won the U.S. Olympic trials. She also beat, beating Shannon Roby in the process. She also beat Shannon Roby at the Olympics, getting the bronze medal, a medal, which is the big goal in the Olympics, versus Roberty, I think, was fourth. And somehow, Roberty was the U.S. ranked number one. So I'll give you that. That was a terrible mistake by Track and Field News. But, like, but still.
1: Here's the thing, Robert. During that span, from 2011, when she won the world title, through 2017, I would say unquestionably... Jenny Simpson was the best... 15, or maybe all or right. Maybe not 2012 when she had the off year. 2013 through 2017, Jenny Simpson was unquestionably the best American in the fifteen hundred. You would say every year she was the best one. Shan Robery beat her in a couple Diamond Leagues. Overall, Simpson dominated Robery. I don't think that's even a debate.
2: Okay, that's good. She's a great American, but the reason why I lean more towards a Joan Benoit is was Simpson really... I mean, yes, she has one number one world ranking, but... If you lined the premier athletes of her era up against each other, Simpson is not going to be race. It's like very often.
1: Joni. Robert. They line up the best athletes of their generation. Almost every year. These things called the world championships and Olympic games. Jenny won one in 2011. And then she finished in the top three in 2013, 2016 and 2017. She didn't win every year. She almost won several times like i think that kind of shows how good she was right
2: yes but was Joni Joni was also winning major marathons running the fastest time ever she's she has historically fast times yes that jenny does not have
1: yes and if, if we're fair point
2: now that's a part of that is because it's impossible to have historically fast times in the field because the doping was so bad in that event For i mean 1976 they ran three but and then if you're gonna do caster How much credits do we give to cross-country? Twice the world's silver in cross-country. And people sort of forget about that. It's not... You know, Jenny famously bombed the NCAA. I don't know. I just think,
1: Robert, Robert, your argument earlier was like, if you line up all the best marathons in history, and if you line up all the best 1,500 runners in history, you think that Joan Benoit would finish higher than Jenny Simpson would. I'm just not convinced of that. I, I think it's pretty, pretty close, you know? But, like, Joan Benoit, I think, would get... Pants by a lot of the Africans out there these days. The top, the top, like you know, Bridget cosguy ran two fourteen, and I guess you give Joni the shoes, maybe she runs what two nineteen or something, which would be really good, but it's still not that close when women are running two seventeen or two eighteen these days.
0: I mean, with Joni heads and shoulders above anyone else in the U.S. at that point, I just think of her as this iconic yes. figure.
1: She was way better than any American. That wasn't even worse. Yeah, close.
0: and Jenny's very good and super consistent, and, I mean, she did win the one world championship medal, but, like... Three world championship medals. I mean, the one gold... She won the one gold, I mean. Just winning the Olympics is such a big thing, but it's... And there wasn't a world championships back then. She's in the marathon. It's different. But, yeah, I I definitely go with Joni, because then it's, like, Jenny or Dina, and they're both good, and maybe it's just because they're current, but, like... I don't know. It's sort of different things, right? Dina was one of the best marathoners in the world, maybe. Never world number one, I don't think. But...
1: She, she was world number one once in the marathon. Maybe
0: once, yeah. So I got, I'm like, okay. And then Jenny, same thing, but super consistent. That's why we have the contest, right?
1: There is one thing. This is something that, you know... Jenny Simpson can't have on her resume. Joan Benoit pushed the event of the sport of marathoning forward in a way Jenny Simpson could never do. And that's partly because of the era in which Jenny competes. But guys, let me take you back to 1983. Greta Weitzer runs 225-28 on April 17th, the London Marathon. It's a new world record. The next day, Joan Bonoit goes out and runs 2.22.43. She runs almost three minutes faster. Now, granted, this is on Boston. It's not record eligible. Almost anymore. Almost three minutes faster than any other woman in history. From 2.25 to 2.22 in one race. I mean, that is just a staggering accomplishment. And when you talk about, like, you know, revolutionizing the event, really making it into a modern sport, that's
2: one of the performances you've got to talk about. All right, guys. Enough women's talk. Let's talk about the men's. No one's talking about the controversy there. I could have written an article about this. I cannot believe it. Looks like Jim Ryan is going to be in the final. He's. Uh, I just assumed when we did this thing that Jim Ryan, that Frank Shorter and Jim Boone Light would be in the finals, and Jim Ryan, who never won Olympic gold, is in the final. And this is again a popularity contest. You know, it's a voting, so it's not like it's an expert panel. But what do you guys think about this? Um, I think it's hard. You know. It, Part of the thing is it's hard to compare against errors. Yes, it was a lot easier when Joan Benoit was doing it, when women were only running 225 in the marathon. I mean, she won Boston one year in like 235. Well, I guess uh, your dad's won it in even slower time recently. You know, it's it's hard to comp- compare against these errors. Yeah, when Frank Sh- Frank Shorter never broke 210 in the marathon, yet he was an Olympic champion and really should be a two-time in the Olympics. So it's kind of interesting to me that he's going to lose to Ryan But I was reading a fascinating message board post and someone justified this. They're like, look, if you put it's the argument you made earlier, John, kind of like if you put Jim Ryan, bring him out of you know, put him in his prime right now, put him on the track in the same spikes and whatever, let him race USAs, let him race worlds. This guy was like, he's competitive right now in his prime. And he's like, you put Frank Shorter out there, he's getting destroyed. He's not going to be competitive with Africans. No way. No chance, and I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think Frank maybe with the new technology could run like two hundred eight, maybe two hundred seven. Maybe he's like a Ritz, but he's not a player on the, on the world. No, I, th-
1: I think he's a. I think he's a Mep type. I think he's a guy who probably could run for, run well in these championship marathons. But you put him in a London where you asking him to run two hundred three or something, he's not going to be able to handle that. But I would still think, I think for shorter could be competitive in a championship style marathon because he was so good at them. But yeah, Ryan. I think Ryan would be right up there with the best in America right now. Best in the world, I don't know. The best in America kind of got smoked by the best in the world at the World Championships last year. But you know, most years Amer- the top American has been competitive with the top in the world in the fifteen hundred recently.
2: Okay, but one thing would be interesting to me to see. Like, what if we compare Jenny Simpson's career versus Matthew Centrowitz? Centrowitz has the gold. He's been very good at the U.S. Last time. He's got a bunch of cha- how many championship medals does he have?
1: He has three, and then uh, he was fourth in. He was fourth in 2012 at the Olympics, but he also won world indoors in 2016. Jenny Simpson doesn't really run indoors.
2: So what's the knock against him? He, he doesn't win that he's never won a diamond league meet like, like Jenny has. I mean, how is his career not better than Jenny Simpson?
1: Well, I think there's an argument that it is. I think the argument on that is the men, the men's side of American distance running is deeper than the women's just in part because women weren't competing. For, you know, the sport has less history. You know, Look at Ryan. Ryan and Shorter, they were competing when women's running was barely a, a, a thing in the United States.
0: And some of it's just the seeding, right? Centro had to go up against Ryan and whatever, the Sweet 16 or something. If Centro wins there, maybe he advances all the way to the final. But projecting
2: this out, how do you guys think it's going? I think Ryan's going to win it all. I think Ryan beats beat Shorter and then he's going to be
1: If he's ahead against shorter right now yeah i think he'll win it all it's interesting though i i I told my dad we were doing this bracket he's not really he's a sports fan he's not he knows a bit about running but not a ton and he's like oh jim ryan should win and i was like jim ryan i didn't because ryan i think i only seeded ryan as a three seed and he's like yeah he was just he was the best in the world back then and he got screwed because the 1968 olympics were at altitude but if they hadn't he would have won the gold and I mean, I think that's selling Kip Kano a little short. Kip Kano was a really, really good runner. Um, but like what was it? Three did he run three thirty-two in Mexico City at altitude in the Olympic final? Am I making that up or was that the maybe it was three thirty-four. It was it was a very fast time. Okay, yeah, it was three thirty-four Olympic record. He won the Olympic final by three seconds at altitude. Now, you put that at sea level. I'm sure Ryan's a lot closer, but like 3.34 at altitude, you are got to be able to run pretty darn fast at sea level as well. And to do it in an Olympic final, I mean, I'm not certain that Jim Ryan runs that, wins that race at, at sea level.
0: Wait, I just looked this up. It's funny, I used to always hear about Jim Ryan as a kid. Jim Ryan got smoked. He got beat by three seconds. He didn't fall down or anything. He got destroyed. And, and like, all these Americans made excuses that Kip Kano's an altitude runner and Jim Ryan isn't. I mean, I guess that's actually true. But, I guess and some people just don't do well at altitude, right? But, like...
2: Well, Jim Ryan smoked third place. He was way ahead of third.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think here's the thing. Ryan and Kano were way better than everyone else, but would Ryan? how much closer would Ryan have been at sea level? I'm sure he would have been closer, but I don't think he's a lock for gold. A lot of people would say he would be. But
2: Okay. I want to read a post from the message board just talking about Joan Benoit, how great she was. Someone said there should be an asterisk on Joan Benoit's Olympic gold because the Eastern Europeans skipped the Olympics. European? Yeah. Come on, man! That's just absurd. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, so this person said, baloney. I, I don't have the name of this message but It was a an monotonous message. Every great marathon of the time was there. What? Vites, John? Greta Vites? Vites? Hey, John. I think John, it's
1: Vites, Vites, right? Yeah. yeah. It's,
2: Mota, Christensen, it was a dream marathon and Joan dominated, winning by over a minute. It was one of those performance of a lifetime type events, like Kip Kano in 68, except in this case, Joan might have been considered the favorite, or at least a code of favorite with whites. What happened here is most of you weren't there. You have no memory of the time. Marathoners did, did, did not and still don't have medal chances except every four years. Comparing medal counts between a marathoner and track runner is stupid, except, of course, a dominating Olympic marathon win still trumps a world championship 1,500-meter win when the favorite trips at a bunch of seconds and thirds. I totally agree. And folks, I'm just disappointed in Let's Run Nation. Some of the message board posters thought I was trying to doctor this. Ginny won on the votes, and I put her up. We had a little problem counting the votes. But I went on the thread where people were saying, like, oh, the fix is in. Rojo's going to put Joan and Benoit next round. And I posted on there. I said, hey, once, once we advanced Ginny, uh, I said, how come no one's praising me for doing the right thing? And I've got to give credit to this message board poster. Anonymous message board poster has put me in my place. He has written, why do you think you deserve praise for a completely bungling an element for completely bungling an elementary two option poll and eating half a day and screenshots support before being able to do something so simple? Did you praise the NCAA last year when they handed the trophy to Virginia after the NCAA basketball championship game, instead of handing the trophy to Texas tech? No. Well, well put,
0: well put.
1: Look, who says Robert Johnson can't handle criticism? Here he is. He's taking his lumps. He'll be back stronger than ever. People. I just want one more thing before we leave this topic. I don't want to come across as we're trying to insult some of these legends of the sport. I mean, all of these runners are amazing. They're all among the best ever in America, but when you're b- debating who's the very best, you got to pick nets and that's what we're doing. So I just don't want to come across as we're trying to insult Jim Ryan or Jenny Simpson or any of these runners. It's just, you know,
0: you, what, got, you got to find the concept trophy syndrome or something. There is John Particip-
1: participation trophy. Yeah. I'm a millennial. Clearly I'm a coddled millennial. I'm worrying about people's feelings. Weldon's not going to do that. No, no participation trophies for new baby Johnson on the way.
2: Okay, guys. A few other things I want to talk to before we, we – got to wrap this podcast up soon because we still have the Lindsay Monson interview coming up. A couple things I want to talk about. USATF, they've laid off seven of their 65 workforce – what do you guys think about this? We kind of joked a few weeks ago, like, Hey, is Max Siegel taking a pay cut? He is taking a pay cut. They said it was roughly 20%. So that means instead of making 1.1 million, you probably make about eight hundred fifty nine hundred thousand dollars dollars do you think that's enough of a pay cut? Yes or no?
1: I think it's fine. I think it's fine because look, you, you got to draw the line at some point. Like, if you say, if he takes, say he takes like a 60% pay cut or something to 500,000, like 500,000 for most people that's still a ton of money per year, they'd be like, some people would still think he's overpaid. So where do you draw the line? I don't know. I think 20% it's fine. And if they need to cut it more, maybe they will. But I I, I don't know. I'm not going to, I feel like it's unfair. Like at some point, where do you draw the line? I think it's an unfair question. A difficult question.
0: Max, Max Siegel was already overpaid. If you look at what, other CEOs of nonprofits have, were getting, he makes more than the head of the Olympic Committee, which is a much bigger organization, more complex. And Max signed a Nike deal. But besides that, I don't know what else he's done. I mean, stuff seems to run OK. But he essentially came up from the board and the board sets his salary and pays him. So it's kind of one of those things that everyone in corporate governance would say is not a good thing. So I, I would say his salary should be down here to begin with. If you want to cut him more from them, I can easily see someone making that argument. But if you lead a big organization like that, you know there's certain salaries that people make, and he was already out out of line. I I would easily argue, but you know I'm glad he took a pay cut, and it makes sense that he would.
2: Yeah, I mean. I- what I posted on the message board is i don't know how how much do these staffers make what what I showed on on the message board is if you make less than fifty thousand dollars a year if you go on unemployment right now in Indiana you'll make more money than you on unemployment than you would so if these people are making fifty grand it makes sense to put them on unemployment with the intent to hire them back in a few months because they can make fifty two thousand dollars in unemployment but unless it's a situation like this, I think he should cut his if they're making seventy five thousand dollars a year, seven people i mean I don't know. I, I, I feel like he could cut down. I don't know. Where do you draw the line, John? I would draw it all the way down to five hundred thousand, and he could save probably all those jobs. Now this is kind of like this. Some of this jumping on people, and we're we're jumping on the big corporations to take the bailout, but this not the small corporations or the, the medium-sized businesses. Like, okay, if a potbelly takes the money, it's not justified. But if a local restaurant does it, it's justified. This money is supposed to be going to supporting the workers. So this whole thing has been bungled by Congress. It's not been well thought out. We need to have some sort of pay tech, paycheck protection instead of going industry by industry or job by job. But it's not a good thing. I mean, I, I feel bad for the people that have lost their jobs. You kind of need to know all the facts. What I want to know: Does anyone know is Nike paying USATF their full sponsorship value this year? That's what I want to know.
1: Oh, that's a big question. You know, I I would assume no, because otherwise, isn't that the primary their primary source of income, right? And if it is, why do they have to lay off staff if their biggest source of income is still being delivered?
2: Well, I think it said there was like eight thousand youth events, John. If you get eight thousand times. Uh- a $200 in event fee. I mean, what's 8,000 times 200, 1.6 million or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I think the people laid off, put on events. If There's no events. I mean, at some point, you know, it's people make business decisions. So it's, it's not like, Oh, it's obviously if we could, the whole world would keep everybody employed. Now, and there would be no layoffs.
2: Nike, had better be paying their full money out, out to USATF this year. That's all I have to say. Cause they're going to get an extra worlds in 2022 that they weren't expecting to have. So to me,
1: I think you got to see the contract. If the contract says that you're going to be wearing the singlets in the Olympic kit and there's no
0: Olympics, I mean, I'm no contract law expert. but I think Well, then I also wonder, hopefully, then maybe Nike, I mean, who knows, maybe now the whole financial thing of the world has changed. But that original contract was never bid out. So it would have been better if we bid it out. But who knows, maybe with the economy craters in half and you have a 24-year contract with Nike, it actually comes out looking better.
1: So I don't know. My my general take on this whole thing. Max Siegel was overpaid to begin with. It's good that he's taking a pay cut. Did he take a big enough pay cut? I, I can't. I don't know, Robert. I'm not. I'm not an no. expert on that sort of thing. You say no. I think it's a fair opinion to have, but I don't know, I'm not an expert on it.
0: I
2: I, I just if, I, if I'm making a million dollars a year, I don't have the balls to go in and, and, and tell seven people, hey. You're fired when if I can still make $500,000 a year and keep their job. Now, I know that's not the way American thinks and whatever. I mean, well, But Max
1: Siegel, he's not going to go in there. You think he's telling all these people personally, oh, yeah, you're, you're laid I'm off. I'm just
2: saying it's difficult. I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, we praise Halle gabber for giving, what, 30,000 euros to some COVID fund in Ethiopia. Yet at the same time, he's telling his workers, I hope that they're planting potatoes on their farms because – Basically implying starvation could be a problem in Ethiopia. So I'm like, well, how much money does Holly give? How much should he give out? I mean, it's a very complicated situation. Moving on. I want to talk a few college things before we get to the Leach of Mons- interview. Guys, it's Wednesday. This podcast will come in tonight or tomorrow. Are you ready for the virtual pin relays? They start Friday, John. I don't really understand this. It's going to be a Minecraft pin relays. Like, what the hell is this? Do you play Minecraft, John?
1: No, I don't I think we've already given this more way more attention than it deserves frankly that the the idea that Penn would sort of lend its name and say this is a even sort of hint that this is a replacement I mean I, it's kind of cool if minecraft people want to put together some pen relays you know Franklin field and that sort of thing but to suggest that it would be kind of oh it's a virtual pen relays I mean it's not it's no substitute for the relays I just think it's kind of a silly idea. okay well then let's
2: talk college cross country Duke. Norm Ogilvie, the coach who's been there for 30 years, on the men's side, is, reti- is retired. So when I was coaching in college, a lot of people always thought of Duke as sort of a sleeping giant. And they, go, this could, they could be the Stanford of the East in a really good cross-country program. But what people didn't realize is back then, at least, they only had like one men's scholarship. I think it's gone up a little bit, but there was some debate, like, could you know, Duke get really good? Think about how sick the ACC is across country You've already got Florida State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, You've now got Miltonburg at UNC, Vinland Anna at the University of Virginia. Don't forget about NC State, which is already good. I mean, if if you add in Duke as another team, that would be pretty crazy. Anyways, I started a thread on that asking, or I think it was on the coach's thread about whether Duke would sort of rise up. And I just wanted to share this email I got. My email of the week, I got it from Bo Wagner. This is the guy that's designed the computer program that picks the NCAA at large teams. You guys all know Bo, right? And he just wrote a really nice tribute Norm because I think some coaches are like, oh, I made NCA's, I won this award, I won this champion. This was a really great tribute, and I'm just going to read it in its full. I'm very grateful to have been coached by Norm at Duke. He was motivated by every athlete's success and celebrated, celebrated accomplishments at all levels. Even while driven and competitive, he had perspective. He saw his athletes as people first, runners second, and his college as one stage of their life. So if you're a college coach out there, I know your athletic director's judging you, but think about that last sentence there. Are you doing that? Are you seeing your athletes as people first, runners second, and his college is just one of I think that's a great way to coach.
1: Absolutely. And if you're the Duke athletic director, um, I will be representing Robert Johnson in contract negotiations. So if you are interested in his services, please let me know. Robert, Durham, very nice place to live and raise a family. I'm sure you'd be quite happy there, but the number, they have to make it worth our while.
0: Oh, Robert. Yeah. Come out of retirement. I could, I would move down there.
1: Probably. This is no, this is what we got to do. We have to create some sort of confusion and make it seem as if you're the Robert Johnson. That's the Oregon head coach. And then you're taking a steep discount to go to Duke. I think, you know, we, you know, actually we should stop recording this podcast right now and come up with a scheme to get you this job. We can probably make him fall for it. Right.
2: Why do you guys think I want this job? I don't. I, I think it's I, with all that competition,
0: the ACC. Robert, if you don't have a full scholarship allotment, you already have an out. You can like celebrate like getting a couple good guys. I mean, like Norm wasn't playing with a full deck of cards, so it's unfair to compare. A men's team without a full allotment of scholarships to one that has a full allotment of scholarships it's just. Not, I
1: think this possible. would be great. We, like Robert. It's a it's a win win here. If we don't if we lose, don't lose. do that well, you just say oh it's doomed to failure. Like no one no one's had success. If you go in there and start beating Lenana or Milton or stuff, then you got bragging rights for life.
2: No no, the only job I want is that Yale bulldog job. I will take Yale to the heights to to to, to get my father's approval and my
0: brother's approval. My big brother and my father. I know. Now that I'm close to New Haven, I could have gone given the kids some advice they probably would have won HEPs next year. Now, with school shut down, not possible.
1: Yeah, wait. Hold on. Well, then. I, so, are you back... You haven't even mentioned Frank Shorter went to Yale. He's Yale's greatest cross-country alum. Like, I feel like you'd be driving the Shorter bandwagon right nope.
0: now. I, well, I'm shocked. I'm, first of all, shocked that he's losing. Oh, I went and voted. It's much closer than you thought. People getting your votes. It's 48%. Come on, put in the votes for Frank. Uh, so, I just I voted. Don't... I voted for... As well. I voted for dina um just to make it clear. you're allowed to have an opinion vote. well then that's no shame yeah. for. yeah and dina. so also we we haven't announced that in the women's voting that originally john told us that uh, Joni had won have we announced this anywhere
1: After it, no dinner- this, one, so this it was my mistake i said it on our conference call robert then said it on the message board and then later in that thread he he explained i had made a mistake i said it to vote said it to count the votes through April 20th, when I should have counted it through April 19th, because that was the deadline. Right.
0: But I mean, like, it's sort of like politics today, John. John's like the mean republicans who don't want people to vote and we want to count all the votes If we counted all the votes how, d- how dare you <laughs> john doesn't this is believe like all saying votes you
1: can vote for the 2020 you 2020 you can vote for the 2016 presidential election in like december 2016 like that's just
0: so john you're for voter id now and no mail-in ballots is that what you're saying it's not what i said that's not what i said okay this is apples to oranges assim-
1: i will not take this assassination of my character
0: wait mail-in balloting no 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 actually I think that's actually really stupid. We have, obviously there's a pandemic we can't go out, but like have voting over two weeks beforehand, give people time to vote, but mailing in a ballot when you don't, there's no physical custody, of the ballot is crazy except for extreme circumstances.
1: I mailed in my 2012 presidential election ballot. Well then.
0: But you were going to be out of town or something like that probably, right?
1: Yeah, I was at college, but. How are we going to do the census? Census is by mail every time. It's not, most census If you don't fill it out, they come and knock on your door. Yeah, but you do fill it out. Most people do.
2: John, you didn't get to the little known fact. John does not know this Probably, John was surprised that Weldon hasn't been advocating for shorter. And I've heard this before from, as a non-Yale guy, but I've heard this from the Yale people. Some Yale people are still upset with Frank because there was a famous Harvard-Yale dual meet and it came down to like the two mile at the end. And Frank had to finish second. And you think a guy who has the willpower to be an Olympic silver medalist would at least battle to the end and risk it all to beat Harvard. Instead, he just stepped off the track with a – quit in the middle of the Harvard-Yale track. I I don't know. I would would love to interview him. Frank, if you can explain yourself, there's some Yale alums that are still bitter from,
0: what, 40, 50 years ago. That is true, actually. One of my first big wins, actually, was Harvard-Yale. I forgot about that. And I, like, took off and, like, sprinted like mad and won the race. And Mark Young, goes a women's coach, essentially, I swear he said something like, you did something Frank Shorter didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark was on the team with Frank, and they won everything, like, except for I think they lost one Harvard deal. Or they, maybe they never won Harvard deal, actually. The teams won all these heps and didn't win Harvard deal. I don't know what the details are. But Frank Shorter, should have been two-time Olympic champion, stepped off the track in a dual meet. In the, like with a lap to go because the pressure got to him too much or something. It'd be fascinating to know. What I want
1: going. the story behind this now. This is now most pressing question of quarantine is what caused Frank Shorter to drop out of the Harvard-Yale dual meet.
0: So I know I voted for Frank. People vote for Frank. Get your votes in. Okay, we have to go on to this interview. We have to go to Alicia Monson. But real quickly, I promised it. It was the deleted thread of the week. This should be restored. I don't see what's wrong with this. Who would win in a 5K race? Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un, or Angela Merkel?
1: We already addressed well, this. Well, then, we did. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but we didn't analyze it.
2: Oh, I, I, I didn't hear it. I mean, I. I, I
1: you said it was a controversial question because we don't even know if Kim Jong Un's alive right now.
2: But we didn't analyze. We got to analyze this. John, can you give me the ages of these people and, and the of the weight? Like, who's fatter, Kim Jong Il or I? Might go with Merkel here. I mean, she's coming, overcoming the eight, the ten, to, what is it, eight to twelve percent female gap. But I, I think she's younger than these other two men, and she's significantly
0: skinnier, right? Robert, first of all, Kim Jong-un is 36 years old. So he's got quite the age advantage. Merkel's 65 and Trump is 72. Sounds
1: like he has serious health problems right now. Well, then.
0: John, we don't take him off his COVID deathbed and make him race right now.
1: I just think it's a morbid question. We don't know if he's going to be back
2: to full health. Why was I saying he's older than... I was confused about him.
1: You're probably confusing him with Kim Jong-il, who is dead.
0: I don't know. I mean, Kim Jong-un got the 18 on the golf course. You got to go with him. The advantage, the age. Trump versus Merkel might be a good one. So
1: Merkel is 65, Trump is 73. I don't know.
0: LRC Nation, we're restoring this thread. We'll leave it up for you guys. I don't know why a beautiful thread like this would get deleted. Please comment. John, do you know how much Trump weighs? Looks like
2: 243, I think, according to official reports. This is easy for me. I'm going with Merkel. She's 5'5", 132. She's listed as 60 kilograms, when I found on the internet. She's got 100 pounds advantage here. This is not like boxing or you want to be heavier. So she's got what? She's 65 versus 70-something. Now, I think Trump would probably figure out a way to cheat maybe, like he'd hop in a golf cart when people weren't looking or he he would talk to Mike Rossi or something like that. So I I wouldn't doubt the line that Trump might – Trump might pull a Kim Jong-il, somehow finish, show up at the finish line first, but I'm not, he might. No, be I,
1: I think Trump would lose and then just tell everyone he won. That's probably, that's usually, that's the Trump playbook, right?
2: Well, I don't understand. That's what I wanted Trump to do. Why did he just declare success and not run for reelection? Why would you risk losing this election? He should have walked out into some and enjoyed retirement. That's what I would do I with were with him.
1: He, I don't think he wanted to win the first election. He probably should have just said, hey, I proved everyone I could win. I don't need to be president. That's a win-win for everyone. He can brag about being president. He could brag about all the hypotheticals about how great his presidency would have been without actually having to do it. I think that's really the the best solution. But too late. We're already, you know, almost
2: through time one. All right, guys, I got to go. I got to go to I think I got to get John Kellogg. All
1: right. So here she is. We've got the 2019 NCAA champion Alicia Monson will be joining us
0: momentarily. Enjoy. And if you need any supplements or this, John, how do you say it? Anti- Microbial. antimicrobial spray go to the feed.com slash let's run and save 15% off the feed.com slash let's run all right and now we are
1: joined by alicia monson she is the 2019 ncaa indoor 5000 meter champion she was the runner-up at the 2019 ncaa cross country championships and she has just turned professional signing with total sports now Alicia, first of all, thanks for being on the show, and where, where am I talking to you from right now?
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm currently in my living room in Madison. Um, I'm sticking around Madison. Chose not to go home around my family just to make sure that I don't spread anything to my grandmas or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's what we're all worried about, right? My family's like not that far away, but my parents are both in their 60s, so I'm kind of just staying away from them, even though you know, it pains me not to be able to see them but uh how is lockdown life in Madison? Do you have any roommates?
4: Yeah, I have one roommate, which is nice to have her, otherwise I would be uh pretty alone but i um it's it's honestly not as bad in Madison as it is in other cities, luckily since we're a somewhat smaller city um but yeah it's been it's been fine, you know everyone's getting through it somehow. um, my one roommate had been gone for a while she had um gone. Um, someplace else and then had self-quarantined herself for 14 days to just make sure she didn't have coronavirus. So, I had been alone for a couple weeks right after indoor nationals. So, I had actually ended up uh, making a second home with um, two teammates who are still living here just because I wasn't really in a place to be alone just like right off the bat um, starting out with quarantine. So, you know, we've been getting through whatever we've been experiencing. And it's kind of actually been nice just to, you know, hang out with my housemate, have fun with her. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's go back to NCAAs because I can't imagine how devastating that would be as an athlete. You're getting ready to go in your senior year indoors, you're defending champion in the 5,000 and then like, the day before the meet, it just comes out, the whole thing's canceled. And Not only that, the whole rest of the season, your senior year is suddenly over. I mean, how, how did you hear about it, and what was your reaction like?
4: So um, Coach Byrne pulled us. We had already um, practiced for the day in the, in the track, um, and so we had kind of gone to lunch and then gone to get some coffee, and then Coach Byrne called a meeting um, with all the athletes and the coaches from Wisconsin, and he told us about um, – about how we wouldn't be participating in the meet. Um, so that was that was really tough to hear and, you know, um, it was me and Ollie Hoare and then Zach Lorbeck who are seniors there. So it was it was really tough as seniors to realize that, you know, this is this was our last shot um, to be able to compete at nationals and we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so it was definitely, you know, pretty devastating. Um, but then just like a little while later um the our men our dmr were there um and so they kind of were talking with indiana and so we actually us and indiana ended up just like going on a little run walk just kind of talking so that was actually really nice to be able to um kind of just be, spend that time with people and be talking with them
1: yeah but i mean at the same time it was like it wasn't just the indoors was canceled it was you know the whole outdoor season as well i mean did that register immediately or how long did it take for that to sink in that you know you wouldn't be running at all for wisconsin this year
4: i don't think it like totally sunk in um initially like i feel like um everything kind of like came in waves and you know even like even weeks after i would like all of a sudden have this realization that like oh i wouldn't have this like spring break trip where we just like bond with teammates over like randomly getting lost someplace or just like all of the little things that you like I know about those experiences because I've had them the past like four years, but that I wouldn't be able to like truly soak in my senior year. Um, So that was like, I would say it kind of came in waves um, over the, over the weeks following like the cancellations. But, you know, at the same time, like I felt really lucky that we, you know, they, they handled the situation in a way that um, everyone was safe and everyone got home safe and, you know, we have bigger, bigger fish to fry right now, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you know, do you know anyone, either as a teammate or family member that's been, you know, diagnosed with COVID-19?
4: I don't personally. um, I know, I think one of my teammates who, you know, our men's teammate who is in Michigan um, knows more people who have been affected by COVID because it's um, more higher rates in Michigan right now. But honestly, like, The rates around Madison and around Wisconsin have actually been pretty low, um, relatively. So I think they handled the situation pretty well around here.
1: Mm -hmm. So one of the unique things for you being you a Wisconsin student-athlete is Wisconsin, I think they're the only school I've seen, and maybe if there are others you can let me know, but the athletic director, Barry Alvarez, has already come out and said you know, if you were a senior this year, you know, we're not gonna be letting you come back to compete in 2021, even though the NCAA has sort of given this eligibility relief. When you heard him deliver that news, what were your
4: thoughts? So yeah, I think we are the only school so far that I've heard that has done that. Um, but so it had been like a couple of weeks of me really thinking a lot about um my goals and what to do now and stuff like that. So I had already, like, I had thought about coming back um, with the eligibility, but before, um, before that time, I had already been leaning towards going professional, Um, and so, you know, I had already been somewhat convinced. And by the time I heard the news, I was kind of like, "Well, okay, that makes the decision easy for me." Um, But as far as you know, that that made the decision easy for me personally. But obviously, it affected you know other seniors who were hoping to come back um which you know I don't see all of the things that go on like on the big picture of the athletic department so I'm not really in a position to make that decision but at the same time like they had already announced that um they wouldn't be offering any COVID scholarship money um so if a senior were um willing to come back For their last season and even pay for it like in in my athletes opinion I don't see why that wouldn't be a problem to if they really wanted to compete that last season you know to come back do school for it um but you know I guess I don't really see all the big big picture stuff they were considering
1: yeah I mean that that's the crazy thing to me and that doesn't really make sense is I can understand you know if schools are feeling a crunch financially not offering scholarships but to say that someone who would pay their own way to say we just actively you cannot compete for our team that that's just kind of nuts to me
4: yeah yeah I mean I think his his um opinion on it was you know if you have certainties you should go ahead and move on we're in a pretty crazy world right now but yeah I mean I guess some athletes certainties might be the team and might be that they wanted an extra year to get on their feet you know yep. finding what to do and I mean the I feel work. like there
1: isn't there aren't that many certainties like economy wise or athletic wise or anything like, you know, in the, in the time we're in right now. Um, but I guess what, what's the main reaction among other track athletes, you know, on the team or alums, do they agree with this decision? Do they disagree with, you know, the Wisconsin's decision?
4: Uh, the, the seniors that I've been talking to are kind of like, you know, kind of put off by it, but at the same time, there's nothing they can do about it. Um, you know, kind of, kind of in the somewhat same place as me kind of just like realizing that things are over just kind of coming in waves and stuff like that but you know like for example my teammate amy davis um she had been like thinking about you know starting to just run outside of college but then also possibly just having um the that eligibility in the spring to fall back on but obviously now she doesn't have that to fall back on so that makes things a little bit more difficult but at the same time they like we we know that it's the final word word, so um, kind of just have to go with it, I guess.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the reputation I think among college athletics in general is sort of footballs the big priority, and that you know non revenue sh- sports sometimes get short shrift. Do you do you think that this decision is a sign that they don't really care about non revenue sports?
4: And you can look at it that way, yeah. But um, I I mean I think that considering um like the really the way that wisconsin has handled the COVID 19 situation they've been really proactive and making sure to like very initially as soon as it happened making sure to tell people like hey like if you can don't go on spring break like be really safe they've been just very proactive about taking measures to keep everyone safe so i think that this was just another situation of them looking at this looking at it and being like hey like what if things don't go back to normal um by next year and they said you know we don't want to have a senior stick around for another year when they could have started their life um outside of college and you know all of a sudden there's no college sports cuz obviously you know football is the priority cuz they they make all the money which is great we you know we get the money because of football um but you know it's the football season season is in question right now so I think they were just kind of trying to you know minimize any setbacks that they might have
1: yeah I mean I think that's one concern it's like people say oh yeah they'll you know we'll come back and have our senior track season in 2021 I mean it's not certainty that they're going to be track meets even in 2021 right now so yeah, yeah it's it's tough it's pretty crazy yeah Um, so, but anyway, you, so that sort of made your decision easy, you turn professional. Um, what has it been like looking for a contract right now? You know, is there still a demand from sponsors for athletes, given that it's not clear when we're going to be having trap meets again?
4: Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy couple of weeks for me. Um, just, you know, I feel like everyone's kind of on zoom calls all day. Um, but it's exciting. Um, Steven, basically, and Total Sports um, is has is in a place where, you know, yeah, contracts are pretty weird right now for the past couple weeks. Um, brands have kind of been, like, on standby, obviously, because there's no retail coming in. Um, and we don't know when the next time the races are going to be. Hopefully, you know, the end of the summer slash early fall, but who knows. Um, but, yeah, it's... Companies have been kind of on standby, but luckily um, there's, you know, a lot of, more so of, like, the top names will probably get contracts this year. Um, I don't know to what extent that goes, but um, they, so far, Total has, you know, been been under the assumption that I'm, you know, under one of those top names and that I will be able to get a contract, but we just don't exactly know what that timeline will be.
1: Oh, okay, so you don't have any idea if it could be like, you know, next week or a few months from now or
4: something like no. that? No, currently in the works, but honestly, I could not tell you. <laughs> Is that nerve wracking at all? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, will I um, be a professional runner, you know, within a week? Or will I be like signing up for, you know, delivering people's... Um, meals to their doors or something like that I don't know just as a side gig but um a a little bit nerve-wracking but I think that you know this this isn't gonna last forever so I think that it'll work out you know sometime in the near future but we'll see
1: yeah and what what is your training like right now are you training did you take time off after indoors
4: yeah I took time off after indoors I took off or I took like a couple of 50 percent weeks um just to really reset because obviously we have so much time um also at that point we weren't sure like if the olympics were going to be postponed and whatnot but once they were postponed we were like okay just like resetting and then we'll build back up so um right now i'm like in the process of very slowly building back up um to like a base um but i've only been doing like one workout a week um and so, yeah, it's been, we've been really focusing on just, like, building a strength base, you know, doing all the rehab exercises, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, kind of kind of looking long-term to race, like, uh, if races do open up late summer, early fall, because I think, you know, everyone's going to want to race if that happens. But, um, yeah, really just taking it slow with the base. Yeah,
1: is that sort of like an indefinite base, and then once you realize there could be some races coming out then you sort of start introducing workouts and stuff
4: yeah I think that's the plan I think like within probably within like a month you know by the end of May we'll probably have a better idea of like what things are going to look like if things will open up so then by by then by like June or something like that you can really hit more interval sessions and whatnot what are you hoping
1: for for in terms of a professional setup do you want to be do you want to stay in Madison do you want to join a group do you want to go somewhere else I mean do you have any preference
4: I've been looking around at that um, I haven't totally decided yet you know I love Madison so that is an option that I'm keeping open um, but also I'm looking at other groups um, I've been in, in conversation with you know different coaches and I'm still looking to be in conversation with a few coaches. Um, but yeah, I haven't, (laughs) that's another thing that I have kind of gone back and forth on. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of who, who I feel most comfortable, comfortable with going to, and who I think is going to, um, you know, the place that I'm going to be able to grow the most as a professional runner. And right now I don't exactly know what that looks like, um, but i it's i've definitely had a lot of conversations and i'm going to keep having a lot of conversations in the next couple of weeks what do you look for in a professional coach um i mean i think when i've been looking at things my you know wisconsin coach mac she kind of said like have have a list of like what makes alicia alicia um which it's it's like honestly kind of like picking colleges all over again Um, but you know, you like, you've got a group, if you have a group, you've got like training partners, you've got, um, the outside things like body work, chiro, physio, um, lifting, um, yoga, whatever. Um, and then, you know, you've got the coach and their coaching style and philosophy. And then you've also got just your life outside of running because that's also super important. Like, you don't run all day, so you have to like actually enjoy your life outside of it. So um, kind of looking at those different variables and what that would look like in different places for me. Um, and just really like, I feel like you can really get a, a feel of like whether you, or not you really vibe with the people there. So so tell us what, what does
1: make Alicia Alicia?
4: <laughs> um, I mean, so I'm like, I spend a lot of time um, doing running, obviously, but I really like sitting on porches. Porches are very important for me. Um, I, if li- Literally during the summer, you'll find me sitting on porch, eating a bowl of oatmeal and drinking a cup of coffee. Um, I love coffee. I just got a new coffee machine, the Ber- Breville Barista Express. I'm um, like working on my latte art during quarantine, which is like really... Tough for me right now because I'm like really bad at it, um, and just like I'm I'm a dietetics major, so I like I'm super interested in in food and like how how food can help people, and so you know, and also like Wisconsin. If you haven't seen it, um, the Wisconsin women's track team has been doing an initiative this week, um, pledging miles for um, a charity called No Kid Hungry. Um, that supplies meals for kids during this time. So just things like that, you know, living life, helping people out, enjoying, you know, food and how it can help people. That's pretty much me that's <laughs> hanging awesome. out with friends. <laughs> what's, what's your best latte art so far? Uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to make anything that's like actually actually intended to be like I've tried to make the heart and I've tried to make like the feather but it just hasn't worked out so yesterday I like um I made what I thought was gonna be a heart and then it turned out to be just like a floof on top and so I took like I took a fork and like took the the side of it that has some of the brown stuff and I made like a little smiley face so I looked I thought it looked like um well I thought it looked like a capybara and I <laughs> Um, I didn't know what the capybara was actually called, so I Googled um, "safari rodent pig" <laughs> and it actually came up as capybara. <laughs> it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, maybe we need to change the scientific name of that one. That's a pretty great name for it. Yeah.
0: Oh, man,
1: I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, honestly, I look at the la- I don't I don't drink coffee, but whenever I see that latte art stuff, I'm like, I don't understand how anyone can draw any yeah. of this. It seems like impossible. But I also have zero art skills. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of porches too though. That's that's awesome. Like do you yeah. do you have a porch at your place in Madison?
4: Yeah, I have a porch. Like uh, <laughs> Madison is actually big on the porches and I didn't even know that I love porches until I like came to Madison. Um but yeah, literally and you know, in in other days I, I always you know, end up literally going to all of my friends' porches, you know, during the summers, that's all I do. (laughs) It's great. What's
1: the cutoff for, like, porch season, though? Because obviously the winters are pretty harsh Uh, in Madison.
4: Yeah, well, so I'm, like, pretty crazy. So, like, even 50-degree weather, some as long as it's sunny, like, sometimes I'll literally just go out there in, like, a blanket and a hat and even sometimes, like, my parka because I just like to be outside. Um, But, no, usually, like, it's mostly a summer thing. Um, but now that's starting to warm up. It's getting to be porch season. Nice, nice. Um, so let's go
1: back to running for a second here. In terms of like the Olympic trials, obviously, you know that's something that would have been on your radar this year. Do you? And now they've been rescheduled till to June twenty twenty one. Do you think your chances of making the Olympic team are better this year, or that they will be better next year? That you'll have another year to train and get ready for it.
4: I mean, I guess the way the way I can look at it is, yeah, my chances will be better next year. Um, as of, you know, the way we had planned on this year is I would um, go to outdoor nationals, possibly double the 5.10 and then turn around. And obviously within a week or two, I'd be racing either the 5 or the 10 at the trials. So that would have been a pretty quick turnaround. And also, you know, I... Obviously, as a very young professional slash just coming out of college, I would not have the base and experience that a lot of other women would have. Um, So this does give me another year to you know get get more developed as a professional runner and you know be be even more ready and not have to do you know the races of my life two weeks beforehand um so you know we're looking at it that way it's a silver lining um gives me more time and also just the fact that like as long as things go as planned that like 2021 is going to be a pretty crazy year of races
1: yeah i mean there's there's well indoors there's well cross-country there's uh you know the olympic trials and the olympics like would, would indoors or cross-country do either of those appeal to you for trying out for those teams
4: yeah, I, I, we, I've talked about it a bit with, um, Mac and she, you know, we've kind of looked at, at, as of like a few weeks ago, we had been looking at it, um, as of like, okay, if Alicia were to be stick, sticking around for her NCA, NCA el- eligibility, what would we do? Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I, um, I would be looking at, you know, trying to make the, the team for either cross or for indoors, um, you know, Part of me is leaning towards cross because I uh, like cross country is so fun. And I feel like it's really been a strong suit for me. And also, like, I think that it's usually I don't actually know this for sure, but sometimes it can be a little bit less competitive than indoors. Um, and so, you know, as a young professional that might you know speak a little bit more
1: yeah i mean if i were to offer unsolicited advice i would say outdoors i would say cross country because you know you got six spots as opposed to what, mm-hmm. two in the 1500 or right. 3k and also well the world cross country is in australia well End Those is in china i know which trip i would rather take i would rather go to australia and <laughs>
4: watch yeah i can hang out at um ollie and morgan at lucinda's house just hop houses yeah, That'd you guys would
1: have, I mean, they, I <laughs> guess they might be rooting for us. Would they root for Australia or would they root for you? They'd probably have to root for That'd both, right?
4: Yeah, you know,
1: we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Ollie and Morgan will even,
4: you know, be making their respective Australian teams.
1: Yeah, you gotta, look, I always, we love World Cross Country at Let's com. So you gotta convince anyone you know, have them go out for that team. I mean, if you're Australian, you kind of have to, right? When are they going to host this thing again?
4: Yeah, like if you can have it on home base, why not?
1: Yeah. And they're from, they're from Sydney, right?
4: Yeah, I don't exactly know. They're like from slightly different places and I never know exactly how they describe it. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the geography of Australia very well, so. Yeah.
1: it's I mean, it's, it's very far away. So, uh, yeah. it's something you can improve <laughs> on if you make the team.
4: Yeah. Um, all right.
1: Uh Okay, actually, one other thing we were going to talk about, or I wanted to bring up, right now on Let's Run, we're having this bracket to determine the greatest American distance runners of all time, and there's been, it's getting very heated, we're now in the final four, and I'm wondering, do you have an opinion on this very important matter, who the greatest, you know, men and women are in in U.S. history?
4: Oh, man. I mean, can you give me the final four, because I
1: don't want to... Yeah, yeah. Well, the controversy is, in the women's side, a lot of people are arguing it should be Joan Benoit Samuelson, but she got knocked out in the, in the quarterfinals by Jenny Simpson. So now we've got Dina Castor against Jenny Simpson in the women's final and Jim Ryan against Frank Shorter in the men's final.
4: Okay, well, hmm. I mean, obviously all of those are, like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, I have to go with Dina Castor because she's, like, a legend really. Um, but I would say, yeah, I don't know about that knockoff. I mean, Jenny is obviously like incredible and one of the top distance runners ever, but, you know, Samuelson, I would say, you know, probably deserved that final spot, but, um, yeah, I you know, at the end of the day, I got to go with Dina. She's, you know, she's a big name. She's been around for so long that like, you can't not go with her.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's getting interesting because my boss, Robert Johnson, he had the same opinion with you if, as in terms of uh, Joan Benoit against Jenny Simpson. He wrote this big article complaining about it. And then for the final, now, like, Mark Wetmore has chimed in and, like, he's trying to lobby support for Jenny. So it seems like they have a big fan base, like Dina Castor, She needs to get sort of the Arkansas alums out there lobbying for her. <laughs> Crazy. I- are there any, like, current distance runners that you... I mean, I guess Jenny's still running and Dina's, like, sort of semi-retired. You'll see, still see her in a road race now and again. But are there any current runners that you could sort of look up to?
4: I mean, you know, the past um, indoor season when you saw um, Schweitzer and Houlihan have that crazy 3K, I thought that was, like, insane. So, obviously, like, those women have been kicking butt the past couple of years so they're pretty incredible and then you know i would say also the the group in boulder with like emma coburn um and company i i think they're great especially with what they do like outside of running i feel like i always see them doing some sort of like initiative or like advocating for you know environmental um concerns so i mean i would say Anyone who is able to be successful but also, like, be a really great human being is pretty awesome.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So now that you're a professional, what are you looking forward to most about being a pro?
4: I mean... Sometimes I just like to, like, go outside the door and, like, start going on a run and be like, this is a professional run. (laughs) But, you know, I'd I'd say something I'm looking forward to is um, being able to just, like, actually have this as my job. Um, Especially because, like, the past week I wish I would have been able to, like, get in more training. But I had so much schoolwork that I didn't be able to get done with as much as I wanted to. Um, so like just having that as my job and like being able to finish up, I'll be finishing up with school in the fall. I'm, I'm actually, I have some more credits to finish, but, um, just not being like a full-time student and a full-time athlete. Um, that's pretty exciting for me because, you know, we've, Wisconsin does a good job of like making sure that you excel in both areas, um, which is awesome. And so I think I'm definitely just ready to make that next step and be able to like, you know go just do a bunch of exercises for prehab rehab and go for a run and just, you know, do my thing.
1: And naps. I mean, you get so much more time for naps. Are you a naps person?
4: I love naps. Um, it depends on the semester of like whether or not I get to go home over lunch break, um, whether or not I've been able to take naps, but I'm really excited to like actually be able to take naps and like, write it off as like i need to take naps because this is for my job like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but, na- napping's huge like when i was in yeah. college i my last couple of years i lived kind of close to the dining hall and so i'd be like oh this is so clutch i can get a nap before practice is awesome
4: <laughs> yeah no they're great literally like even a 26 minute nap i'll take
1: 26 minute, not, not 25. That's too short. Yeah.
4: No, I like read somewhere about like the NASA nap and it was 26 minutes. So I like actually would take 26 minute naps. Oh, wow. All right. And was it effective? I mean, yeah, sometimes I fell asleep and sometimes I didn't, but I guess, yeah, probably no different than, than anything else under 30 minutes. So whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, are there any
1: meets that you're looking most forward to as a professional?
4: Uh, I mean, I'm really excited for if the meets happen in the late, late summer, early fall to literally just go to any meet at all, um, to race because I'm, you know, I'm excited to race. I'm excited to like, should, should I be able to sign for a company, um, to get out there and like my pro kit and do that. But, um, I mean, I've, I've always loved like the the Mount Sac relays and like stuff like that, um, going out there in, in college and Brian Clay and stuff like that. Um, so I've always loved going out there and you kind of see the pros and stuff like that. So I think those are really fun races to go to. Um, you know, obviously Stanford is another great distance, um, me. but yeah, I mean, I would say just like, honestly, the most thing I'm excited about is like being able to actually race. Um, whenever that is gonna be hopefully it's in the near future but who knows so yeah what about
1: what about the new haywood field did you get to race Uh, in the old haywood field
4: i raced at it once yeah i raced at it my sophomore year of outdoor nationals but um yeah i'm that the what that's supposed to look like is gonna be really cool so that'll be great i mean we'll be I'll be interested to see exactly how many races they they end up hosting there um, next year because I know things are going to be weird with shuffling around and whatnot. But yeah, I'm definitely excited about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they've already right now they're scheduled to host NCAA's and who knows, you know, maybe Austin will get mad because they were supposed to have it this year and they'll give yeah. it to them. But then the pre classic and the Olympic trials and they'll have worlds in 2022. So I imagine you'll probably be there a lot over the next several years. Yeah.
4: That, which is exciting. I, you know, Oregon's a nice place, even though it rains a lot. Um, but yeah, it, it, from what I, like, the short time that I spent over there, I really enjoyed, like, pre-meeting over on pre-trails and stuff like that. Um, my coach at the time really loved the elliptigoing. Um, they had, like, an elliptigo rent-a thing that um, they would just go do sessions in the morning. So I would be running and, like, see people. Um, but yeah no I'm really excited for it and also like the pre-classic is another one that's obviously like so well known of meat that I think it would be really fun to to run in Mm -hmm.
1: do you have like a favorite Eugene eatery did you get to sample any of the you know Trat Town Pizza or anything like that
4: oh where did we go I honestly can't even really remember that was like too long it was i would say it was like <laughs> too long ago for me to really remember and having only been there once yeah, yeah i didn't truly get to like experience the different places but i mean if you have any suggestions i would love to hit those up later <laughs> i
1: i think Tracktown town pizza is great because you get the track ta- you get the, the it's track memorabilia on the walls and that sort mm-hmm. of thing but yeah. pe- people are split on the quality of the pizza so they give you a lot of toppings no. but the crust could be better i think i don't know it's a little divisive but i'll I'll defend it to the death okay Uh, but what what about madison you obviously more well much better prepared to give a weigh-in on your madison recommendations what are the (laughs) must-go-to places if you're in town
4: okay well oh man okay so many places that are good um Okay, my first answer about pizza would be that, like, I would say the stereotypical Madison pizza is Ian's pizza, but I personally don't like it as much. It's more of, like, a greasy pizza, you know? I'm, like, really into Salvatore's tomato pies. Um, They have, like, great pizza. Um, And then also brunch-slash-breakfast places, um, short-stack eatery. It's on State Street, so, like, you get to look at the Capitol, um, and then they, they have like these super awesome, um, sweet potato oatmeal pancakes and they're just like t- really tasty, but they have a lot of other classic things as well. And then also like another classic that I don't really go to as much as Mickey's dairy bar, um, which it's like the classic like fifties diner that has pancakes like the size of your head and these egg scrambles that are like just a heaping pile of food. But it's a good place that, like, the guys always go there, like, after long run, because it's just, like, literally so much food. (laughs) Sounds like the perfect
1: post-long run spot to me.
4: literally. Wait,
1: what is Madison Pizza, though? Is there there a distinct style that's unique to Madison?
4: Uh, I would say we're just, like, mm, we're into, well, okay, first of all, like, cheese is just such a huge thing that, like, I would say any pizza place that you go to probably has quite a bit of cheese on it. Um, but then also like, I feel like Madison as a whole is like, kind of like earthy, like, especially it's like interesting because it's just in the middle of Wisconsin, which is like very rural and, um, you know, tend to be just like pretty, pretty normal. But then you come into Madison and it's this little pocket of like hippies who like, you know, there's hippie Christmas where people, when they are moving out, they just like put stuff on, Um, on the side of the street and people come pick it up like literally my sofa is from Hippie Christmas Um, (laughs) but so I'd say it's very like very earthy so we're very into like kind of interesting types of cuisines like very like there's so many different ethnic restaurants um, here that like you know I'd say the pizza speaks to the fact that there's so much like variety like you could have like a a brie sun-dried tomato whatever pizza and then you could have like a classic cheese yeah so wait what's
1: the most like unique nationality is there someone from like oman or azerbaijan
4: cuisine or some crazy country like that there yeah no there's literally like basically any cuisine you could name it's here and like my my boyfriend and i kind of made a point to like we made a list of restaurants of like a lot of very different restaurants that we've kind of had been before COVID, we had been really knocking down the list, but it, you know, with being with that, um, only a limited number of restaurants are open right now. It kind of makes it difficult with going to them because we can only get delivery. But you know, still like huge number of options.
1: Yeah. And what about classes? Like, are you still taking them online? Is your semester almost over? Like, what? How? What is it like taking those classes now?
4: Yeah, my class. So this is the second to last week of classes. So next week is the last week of classes. And then the week following is finals. Um, which my, my classes have been pretty crazy. Um, because well, it's so for the dietetics major for nutrition, it's like you have a capstone with, it's like a it's like it's an actual program so after college I could go on to do a dietetics internship and then sit for an exam to be a registered dietitian um so the last like two semesters are pretty crazy so all the classes are like very like I'm in like clinical nutrition too I do a lot of like you know it's kind of like I'm writing up notes as if I were an actual dietitian and stuff like that um so moving online has been even more crazy just because I feel like a lot of professors kind of just give you even more work to do um, when it goes online. But, you know, it's been also kind of nice to be able to just do it from my living room. But we'll see. It'll be interesting how all the finals go because so they'll be, you know, obviously doing the finals online. Um, But I know different schools have kind of gone about it a different way. Like sometimes I think they have like a webcam on you while you're doing the final stuff like that. But Yeah, finishing up in the next couple weeks, which will, you know, we'll be moving on to summer. So hopefully things kind of start to get better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do they lecture you over Zoom or are there still lectures?
4: It kind of depends. Um, I have a lecture at 9.55 today over Google Hangouts Um, and then the other lectures, sometimes we have them over something like Zoom um, and sometimes they just like upload PowerPoints with like audio recorded into it. Um, so it kind of depends on the class. I would say I'm like 50, 50. Some of them are like in person kind of showing up in like your pajamas. And then some of them, you kind of just get to listen to a recorded lecture.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate you making time for us in your, you know, the middle of your academic schedule, Alicia. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the update. Hopefully there's a trap meet for you to get to at some point in 2020.
4: Yeah, no, I really hope so. Thanks so much for having me. Good talking about capybaras.